How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you feeling today? I feel pretty well. Fantastic. Well, I know this day is not our typical uh, podcast day, but it is our weekly podcast. And I want to just reiterate on some things that you shared in our congregation yesterday for World Communion Sunday in which ecumenism was the order of the day where folks reflected on what it means to be a global community. And one of the things that we received great um, feedback from, and and I'll tag the uh, message on this podcast as well, if I can figure this out, but you preached the Jesus agenda And that Jesus agenda is that uh, inclusion that all are welcome. Can you can you share more? Let's push because there's great division, it seems. And I and I want our our listening audience to be blessed by the things that you shared. Well, it it is is obvious that those of us who share a, a faith in Jesus Christ as uh, deliverer, uh, responsible for the salvation of humankind, uh, have divided ourselves into denominations. And that most of what we do and the focus uh, of our activities and fellowship with one another revolve around those denominational preferences, I'll put it that way, are ways of worshiping the kinds of music that we, the governance structures, all of those things that go into community life, each denomination has developed their own scheme of things. And sometimes to the exclusion of the real uh, Jesus agenda, Um, Jesus made it clear why he came. He came to set the captives free and to proclaim liberty. And so in the context of freedom and liberty, sometimes we become divisive. Instead of looking for those places where we can agree, looking for those uh, ways in which we can cooperate, looking for opportunities to commune, we are focusing on our differences as opposed to those things that we hold in common. And I think that's what keeps us 
so divided? It's interesting because um, you used the, and I thought it was just brilliant, which you are, so I shouldn't be surprised, but you broke it down with a mathematical equation of the denominator. Could you say more about that, what that means? We've got the numerator and the denominator. And the X factor is the variable in which we are trying to find the answer to. Well, to me, to D means to undo or to, or, or fail to emphasize or move away from. Um, and uh, so the, the numbering of ourselves together becomes um, divided. And together we are strong. Together we can really do the mission that has been passed on to us by Jesus himself. He said, go preach, go teach, go make disciples, which are learners. Uh, get, get some students, you can teach this new way of life. And that, that should be our focus as opposed to building houses of worship and deciding what orders of worship we should have and what ought to come first, the prayer or the scripture or what is central, the table or the pulpit and all of those things that we focus on that de-emphasize the mission of Christ. He said, go, he didn't say stay. He said, get out there and find people who want to learn this new way and then teach them. Preach so that you can introduce the ideas and the concepts, but teach so that they can begin to walk in that way. And I think many of our um, fellowships or what we call denominations or churches, and there's not but one church, Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church and the church of Jesus Christ is singular, not multi-denominational. And so the breakdown of the body of Christ um, comes at a point of exclus exclusive ways of doing and being that leave a lot of people out. Instead of being welcoming and saying everybody can come, we want everybody to learn who wants to learn. We want everybody to hear the message that we are sent to deliver. We began to be exclusive and pick and choose those people. Oh, we, we cozy up to the ones who have the money. We, we allow uh, the richest in our congregations uh, to dictate uh, the things that go on. I mean, I, that's just a sample, but we, we, know, we know how it goes. And uh, the whole structure of hierarchy, which is in our Methodist tradition, uh, and then the structure of uh, congregationalism, where the you know how many people are in a congregation, and then you have to pick among you some people that you want to be leaders, and oh, it's just a division all the way across the board, a denominating of people, so much so 
that we lose sight of the mission. And that's, that's my concern, that are we really reaching people with this message? Are we reaching people with the mess that we have made of what we call church? Ooh, that was loaded. And um, I, I don't even know where to begin, but I want to I want to go back and ask you this question. Um, you know, I teach in the College of Education, and there's always this phrase that I've I've heard on multiple occasions that you can't teach what you don't know. And um, and perhaps could this be part of the division that that there is this assumption that this is how we're supposed to be because we don't know any better. And the cycle keeps repeating itself. And because it's repeating itself, it's replicating itself. It's replicating itself by duplicating itself through the divisions. And so we've got this whole exclusive, it's my way, it's this way. There is no, there's no common denominator. And it has become to the detriment of the body. And we get this, especially in Christianity that is so interesting exponentially. You got these exponents, this, this number that, the you know, it's like, um, that's dangerous because it has this exclusive ideology that is, that is the exact opposite of the intention of God's created world, that, that we have to somehow coexist. And the enemy of God has divided and conquered, but there's so much better than we could be. And I see in younger generations, this dismantling of the denominator, that it is disrupting the institutions. And I am loving it. Everything that was important I mean, this is all, to me, this whole Old Testament story of the rebuilding of the temple in its former glory, that those who could remember what it looked like, negating the fact that the latter days are going to be much better and the temple that will be built will never be destroyed. And here we are mixing Old Testament stories and trying to go back that way instead of progressing. And I love this generation that's saying, no, it's not black or white. It's okay to be in between. I mean, it's like, you know, we've got this, this nonconformity and I'm loving it because that nonconformity is also the fluid nature of, of a dynamic God that keeps moving and keeps you know, it's like a, a chameleon <laughs> changing, but it's ever the same. But we can't teach what we don't know. And so we become rigid and we keep replicating and saying the same stuff 
and convincing ourselves of its truth. So, I, you know, I I, I can't uh, I can't rightfully blame anybody for what I don't know because I have the capacity to know. And my capacity to know permits me to search for the truth. And there's some people that don't want to search. They don't want to dig. They don't want to read for themselves. They want to be spoon fed and dictated to. And there's always someone out there who's willing to do that because they want followers for themselves. They're not trying to make followers for Jesus. And so those kind of people migrate to one another. And, and thus you have what we have. Um, I think that the truth is available. And this, this thing about conformity, that is demonic because we were not created the same. So why are you trying to put us in a box to make us what God did not create us to be? And then say it's in the name of God that I want all of you to wear black suits and white collars. I want all of you to read from the New Revised Standard Version of Holy Scripture or King James Version only. And I want everybody to sing from uh, the Baptist hymnal. And we are not going to sing all of those gospels. We're going to stick with the hymns, which some old German person, excuse me, European person has scribed, which is good and worked for them in their time, but really does not meet the needs of the present generation. I don't know. It's demonic to me, and um, and I think it's our job to bring the truth forward, and with strong enough uh, presentation and convincing arguments that those who want to know the truth will discover it. And we can't make anybody believe what we believe, but we have to present it in a way that if they want to, they can. They can see the logic in it. One of the things, you know, we embrace is reason. We need to reason through. That's why you have intelligent mind. So you can reason and rationalize and, and, and figure out for yourself what's true. And everything can be tested. You don't always have to take everything uh, at face value. Try it. That's all. <laughs> and if you find it doesn't work for you, Keep searching. But I think that we, we're very exclusive in our various groups, and we only want certain kind of people. And, um, and when God sends somebody who's, who's drastically different, I was thinking about that yesterday, too, that sometimes that's a plant, you know, just to see if you can grow. Uh, to a place where you accept a person who's altogether different from you and find the love, find the, the, the,
the point of agreement, the peace, the conciliation. And I, you know, and I, I was thinking again about the, the idea of our church being a, a liberating and reconciling people. I like the thought of that, the sound of it, that uh, the reconciliation piece is that all of us who were estranged from God have now been brought near and actually included in God's family, you know, so to speak. In other words, God has attached God's self to us and now indwells us by God's spirit so that we are one. And that was the prayer that Jesus prayed that we might all be one. There's no way for us to be one except that we are one in the spirit. And um, Jesus put it in the, in the way of the vine. He said, you gotta, stay, you gotta stay plugged into the vine. I'm the vine, you're the branches. You get your power, you get your strength. You get the truth from me. And so as we plug into Jesus, and you know what? Paul had an awful lot to say about a lot of things. But if you just plug into Jesus, watch how he acts. Look at what he does. Listen to what he's saying. And you know the scene, you know, Pharisees and Sadducees and all of those Sees, you know, from the Hebraic tradition, we're always trying to test and trip Jesus into saying something that was contrary to the law of Moses. Well, too bad. That's why Jesus came <laughs> to clear up all of that stuff that Moses added. Um, and so there was always contention. And more than anything else, they, they couldn't admire his wisdom and his insight for fearing that he would break up their party, that he would tear down the structures that had made them rich. And you see, that's a whole nother denomination <laughs> of dividing people off from one another and making someone feel that they're an outsider and can never be treated as an insider. I'm gonna stop. So, I mean, I have so much to say, and this is what I want to bring to our consciousness as well, because Jesus has been co-opted in so many ways and villainized by those who have been hurt from the institutional church. And I just wanna, at this, uh, and it's undisputed, when we think of world religions as we navigated through uh, World Communion Sunday, the fact of the matter is that Krishna, if we think of the Abraham as the father of faith, and uh, we know we can trace the lineage of the monotheistic traditions, mono is God, theo is, I mean, mono is one, theo is God, so the monotheistic traditions with the one God are Judaism, Christ, uh, Christianity, and Islam in that order. Um, and then Abraham and his prolific uh, prolificness uh, continued to have children. And he had children by, and, and Abraham's earlier offspring, Ishmael by Hagar, um, 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 Isaac by Sarah, and then Keturah 
that we know of had six to eight sons and the children of Keturah are attributed to uh, Hinduism. And we know uh, from that, uh, from Isaac's offspring, we have um, the, the Edomites and, and the 12 tribes of Jacob or Israel, Ishmael from Hagar, the a Muslim uh, uh, branch of understanding. Um, then we get Keturah. And, and I want to say this because it becomes powerful for me with the linkages as one human community. The Krishna, I think, was born um, about 3,000 years before Jesus. Krishna is Hinduism, and the patriarchs of Hinduism are attributed to the offspring of Keturah. You got Hinduism, and then Buddha was born, I think, around three to 500 years before Jesus. And I'm saying all that to say that if you compare the world's religions and you center Jesus in the midst of them all, and, and then the prophet Muhammad is seen that Jesus was a forerunner to the prophet Muhammad in, in Muslims, depending on if you're Shia or, or Sunni. Um, and, and the beautiful space is that I believe in the, in the enlightenment era, and we use the lighten as epiphany. So in this era of enlightenment that Buddha offered, uh, Krishna, et cetera, all of them to me, you, you put all those jokers together, you get the same thing, compassion, community, care, selflessness. And so however we pay homage to, there's this transcendent reality that's greater than all of us. And from a, from a cosmic Christ, Christological context, a theology that's Christocentric, it all makes sense that God so loved the totality of the world that God gave us this opportunity to not condemn the world, but through these periods of enlightened energy that we can make this world a better place where we can come together. And, and God created community in the very beginning of creation. When the creator created humankind. To, Not to, only that, Dr. Cooper, God created community within God's self. Father, yes. Son, Holy Spirit. That, that, that God had to commune with himself and later created humankind to fellowship with. That this idea of communing with others is divine. And when we obscure that, and when we make it difficult, then we are actually going against God's desire and God's principle of creation. Everything in creation is, is, is developed in cooperation. Um, 
and and the order in which creation is understood is so that the connections could be made and the relationships could be forged, um, not divided, not broken up, not one lording over another, but everyone supporting everyone else. Um, we need all this stuff we look at, you know, we need even the insects keep the balance of nature and make sure that the plants keep growing and all of this is so intricately connected. It's amazing to me that we spend so much time trying to break it all up. Um, whenever we have the opportunity, we ought to always be looking for those links, for those connectors that make us uh, part of a, com a, a great community of people that do the will of God and the world. We have to do it because when we don't, things disintegrate, things get bad. And I think this is a time around the world for those of us who know better <laughs> to begin to do better and to start acting like we know what we know and doing what we are supposed to do well, to pay honor and tribute to this great universe that God has put us in. I hear people all, all the time talk about, I, I wish I knew my purpose. I wish I knew why I was, it's not complicated. Your purpose is to reflect God in all that you do with everyone you meet. It doesn't have to be magical. Just treat people right. <laughs> do all you can to help I, somebody else. I totally agree. And as we wrap up today, I, I couldn't help but hearing my Uncle Alex quote this English poet by the name of John, John Don, 17th century English poet. Um, and I think it was Don's Meditation 17 uh, that he wrote in, this, in, the, in 1623. And these are the words, and I wanted to get it right. No man is an island unto itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. And I think that that is an understanding that, that we're all interconnected in so many ways that, uh, and never forget that interconnectedness. Dr. Hayes, this has been rich, it's been real. And I want to um, give you the time to share some final comments. Well, it's been, it's been great talking about it and meditating on it and thinking about it because 
I'm in a place in life where uh, I'm questioning what the days uh, that God has left for me should be filled with. And the only answer that I have received so far is just keep doing what you've been doing. And wherever you can do it, just go ahead and do it. I said, well, you know, that sounds so simple. But simple is okay. I think things should be simple. Simple enough for the simplest person to be able to comprehend. And so I think we just have to be who we are, wherever we are, and lift up the principles that Christ has taught us by his very life to walk in communion with others who are part of the human family, to do for others what we would have others do for us, to be to people in their time of need what we would need when we were in need. And to do those things and to be wherever God has planted us, I think is the optimum way of life. And I think there's joy in it. And certainly God will be pleased. I truly believe that. Amen. And thank you again for tuning in to us. These words are with us.